All right, what's going on, Faith Church? Hey, it's great to have everybody in the house. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor. And to all of our Faith Church family that's here in Florence, we want to say welcome. Can we give it up for our Lawrenceburg Faith Church family? Good to have you guys and all of our guests. If you're watching online or you happen to be live in Lawrenceburg or here, we just want to say welcome to everybody. And every week, we just want to make it known that our desire is that God will impact your life in a significant way. We love to have fun. We love to enjoy each other. But again, man, our hope is that you'll leave this place changed, that no matter what situation you're in, no matter what stage of life you find yourself, that if you'll open your heart up to God's grace, he can meet you where you are and change you in a powerful way. Some of us in this room have experienced that, man. If that's you, can we honor God, man, for his goodness in our life? Well, here we are, week three in the series we started several weeks ago entitled God at the Box Office. Again, for you that have been here for several years, you know this is one of our favorite series. We love to put in the creative energy and uh, go the extra mile to create an incredible environment for not just you, but for you to invite friends and family to come so we can laugh together, have fun together, but ultimately grow and encounter God together. So the reason it's God at the Box Office is because we are taking a look at several movies that are right now in the box office. And the reason we're doing that and opening with songs like we open with today, The Circle of Life, is because we find that Jesus, when he taught about who God was, what God was like, what his kingdom was like, that he took things that people were familiar with. He taught based on current situations and circumstances and familiar stories, and he would teach those to leverage kingdom principles, how we should live, what God was like. And so that's all we're doing is we're taking movies that are very common in culture, movies that most of you in this room or in Lawrenceburg have seen, And we're just taking those and leveraging out of them spiritual principles. And so today as we jump in, I'm just curious, how many of you here, maybe this past week you recognized, you've seen it in the news, heard it in the news, it popped up in your feed, on the Equifax data breach settlement? If you don't know what that is, Equifax is one of the three primary credit reporting agencies that tracks all of our spending and our credit, and do we pay stuff off, things like that, and then gives every one of us a score. And uh, so two years ago, someone hacked into the system and exposed the data of 150 million Americans. So some of you in this room, your social security number, all of your accounts were exposed for people to hack. And so they just came up with a settlement. It was announced this past week. And so basically there's a place where you can go online and put in your social security number and see if you were exposed. And so I remember when this happened a couple years ago. I happened to see the thing this week, and so I jumped onto the website provided, and I typed in all five social security numbers of me and my family, my family and I for English teachers, and and four of them was good, but you know the guy that got compromised, right? Like, man, Lord, I I thought you loved me, but anyways, so sure enough, I'm exposed, and so I go in, and if you find out that you're one of the 150 million Americans that have been exposed... You can go in, and through the settlement, they'll do a couple things, and this will help you. And so number one, if you've been exposed, they offer $125 cash or or six years of free credit monitoring. I would encourage you to take the second. Number two, if you were exposed um, and it took you some time to do research, to maybe clear up your name, they'll offer you money on top of it. And if it actually costs you money, like someone took your identity and ran up bills in your name, they'll pay you up to $20,000 to recoup that. And so since I was exposed, I, I did like maybe some of you did. I, I jumped in, I, I clicked the first button. Yes, I was exposed. $125, cha-ching, six years actually credit monitoring for me. But when the second button came up, like if, if, it, if it cost you something, and I'm just telling you, it didn't cost me anything, but you know, how, you know how thoughts flash through your mind really quick? For half a second, this thought flashed through my mind, free money. 
Like, all I got to do is click a button and nobody will know, and I got free money coming my way. And for half a minute, I wanted to click the button. Oh, don't look at me like that. Y'all judging my button. Don't make me judge yours. Come on, some of you clicking the camera button because you got pride, because you need one more selfie, because you need a few more likes. Some of you hitting buttons, taking yourself to porn sites. Some of you hitting buttons, posting stuff on social media of gospel and slander. Come on, don't judge my button. I won't judge yours. And so I was tempted. Come on, to t- I heard the whisper to click the button. I'll have you know I didn't. But man, it was there just for a second, just that whisper, click the button. And so for a few minutes today, I just want to talk about the source of the whisper. The source of the whisper is temptation, right? Is that whisper that all of us hear, and this is what you need to know today, that no matter who you are, what your background is, if, if you're brand new in Lawrenceburg or brand new in Florence, it's your first time in church, if you've been following Christ for a while or you've known Jesus your whole life and, man, you've, you consider yourself a mature Christian, what I want you to know today is that all of us, all of us hear the whisper of temptation. Your education doesn't exempt you. Your spiritual maturity doesn't exempt you. Money in the bank account doesn't exi- exempt you. All of us hear the whisper. Everybody say whisper. No, come on, whisper, whisper. We all hear the whisper of temptation. In fact, that's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He said, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Come on, y'all pull that verse up for me. The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. That means that all of us hear whispers. All of us feel the pull. All of us sense the tug. All of us hear the voice to do the wrong thing, to compromise our integrity, to make the wrong choice. And so for a while today, I want us to talk about the source of the whispers. Come on, everybody say whispers, whispers. We all hear whispers. We all sense whispers. What is the source of whispers? Well, if you got the opportunity to see um, Lion King, how many people saw the original Lion King? Did you know it was the number one selling VHS tape ever? Some of you don't even know what that is. (laughs) Googling VHS, what is that foreign object? Laugh now, baby. Come on. Your gray hair is coming. You think you can get up now? One day it's going to take you a minute to get up off the floor. Come on. I'll be thinking about you when it comes. How many people saw the new, uh, the new Lion King movie? Pastor Chili and I went back week two to check it out. We took more kids as cover stories. If you were here last week, two grown men can't go watch Lion King in the middle of the week. Strange. But at the end of the day, it's a great movie. But if you've not seen the movie or if you have seen it, you know that the primary character is Simba. Simba is the son of Mufasa. Say it again, Mufasa. Mufasa is the true king of the jungle. He is the king in charge. He's large and in charge. Simba is his upcoming son, soon to take the throne. However, there is Mufasa's brother, Scar, who wants the throne for himself. And so throughout the movie, Scar whispers to Simba. And he whispers over and over again to try to try to guide and try to manipulate and try to deceive Simba into making bad decisions. Like he whispers to get him into the elephant graveyard. He whispers to get him down into the valley where he can learn his roar. And ultimately, when part of the movie, it's the tear-jerking moment. If you've seen it, right? I didn't cry. Did you cry? What? I'm not crying. You're crying. Mufasa goes down into the valley to rescue his son Simba from a stampede. And while he rescues his son, he sacrifices his life. And Scar shows up and Scar whispers to Simba, it's all your fault. 
Mufasa died because of you. And it's just a whisper, but again, you see all the way through this movie that, again, he's, he's trying to whisper to Simba. In fact, here's this clip. Let's roll it real quick. We're sorry for the 20-year-old version. We tried to get the new one. It wasn't available. So again, I heard a whisper to take my phone into the theater and get a clip. Come on, baby. Devil's 0 for 2 this week on me. Woo. Actually, he's about 3 for 19, but really, who's keeping track? <laughs> Come on, I say whispers. So the source of whispers, Scar, represents perfectly the same way Scar was whispering in Simba's ear. Somebody's whispering in all of our ears, and it is Satan. Now, I know, listen, if you're here and you're new or you've been here a long time, maybe you're like, you're well-educated and you're like, Pastor, really? You really believe in Satan? Absolutely. The brokenness of humanity, the corruption of this world cannot just be explained on our own. We are broken people on a broken planet, but there is an inspiring source. There is a whisper in all of our ears. Come on, and that's exactly what he's doing. And if you're here and you're not sure about whether Satan is a real spiritual entity, I want you to know that God's word clearly teaches about him. Jesus encountered him in his ministry and overcame him on the cross. And God's word challenges all of us in our spiritual journey in life to resist him. And so, yeah, absolutely, Satan is real. And throughout scripture, we find that there are several titles or names given to the whisperer. And they help us to know who he is and what he's like, his character, how he operates. And so I'm going to give you just four of them because it gives us an inside picture of the whispers that he whispers into all of our ears. Four things. I want you to write them down real quick. Number one, God's word tells us that he's a slanderer. A slanderer. What does that mean? Ultimately, one of the whispers in our ear that we hear, one of the temptations, the pushes, the pulls, is that he slanders God's character. What he whispers to us is God isn't who he said he is, or God is who he said he's not, which means things like this, that if you've ever messed up and wondered, will God take me back? The enemy will whisper to you, God no longer loves you. Well, that's not true because God says he's merciful. We wake up to mercy every day. Come on, is anybody here thankful for that? And so he will slander God's character. God isn't faithful. God can't be counted on. God isn't good. He's a slanderer. The second title I want you to see today is that he's a liar. Specifically, it just means that he says exactly opposite of what God says. God says white, he says black. God says tall, he says short. He says exactly opposite of what God says. The third way that the enemy is revealed is that he's a deceiver. What, what I mean is specifically he deceives us into disbelieving God. God reveals himself, God gives us his word, and the enemy tries to deceive us, tries to cloud, tries to make unknown who God is and what God's like. He tries to trick us or to deceive us. 
And then the last one, and this is probably the one that maybe many of us would say we, we feel the whisper about the most, is that he's called the tempter. And that just means that there is that temptation to disobey God, not just to disbelieve God, but to disobey God. So again, a slanderer, a liar, a deceiver, and a tempter, and in all of them, come on, say it, he's a whisperer. He just whispers. Now again, this is so important. He can't force us to do anything. He can't make you do anything. He can't force your hand. He can't make a decision for you, but he can whisper. When I say whispers, I mean satanic suggestions. That's really what they are. They are a perverted persuasion, an evil enticement that all of us sense, all of us feel. So I know I'm not alone. Come on, how many people in this room have heard, or in Lawrenceburg, how many of you guys have heard a whisper? Come on, some of you heard it, come on, some of you heard it coming into church. You woke up this morning, like you are, your feet hadn't even hit the ground yet, and you heard a whisper. Some of you walked into church, and you heard a whisper. And they sound like this, where you just get mad at another church member you don't even know. Like I, some of you, oh, come on, some of you going to get mad at me and not even come back because I say this right here, but I'm saying it anyways. You know how many times I've heard in my, since I've been a pastor, pastor, are you mad at me? Because I saw you and you didn't talk to me. Are you mad at me? Let's, come on, I'm about to put it all out there. Listen, there are 3,000 people on this campus every Sunday. I'm willing to talk to all of you if y'all are willing to stay and be talked to. Come on, y'all don't get an hour service. We're going to have to stay here till Wednesday if y'all want to get talked to. <laughs> Lawrenceburg, come on, you got to hang out till Friday because it's going to take a long, come on, uh, now all of a sudden you don't want me to talk to you. <laughs> 90 minutes, Pastor, that's all you got. What I'm telling you is, do you know where that comes from? Someone's mad at you. They didn't talk to you. They didn't wave. Do you know what that is? That's a whisper. It's just the enemy trying to divide us, get us out of church, get us mad at each other, get us disunified. It's not true. It's deception. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm talking about? Everybody say a whisper. All of us hear and feel the whispers in life, and there is a source of the whispers, and he is, again, our spiritual enemy, Satan. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul gives us insight into the whisperer. He says this, he says, the final word, which means it's important, pay attention, sit up, as teachers would say. Put on your listening. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Good news, you're not in the fight alone. You don't have to battle alone. God is in you, with you, and for you. Come on, is anybody here thankful for that? So put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand against, say with me, all the strategies of the devil. Now everybody pull in. How many people in this room, I'm not even asking if you believe it yet. How many in this room have ever heard someone tell you, like me, that God has a plan for your life. Wave at me. I believe with all of my heart that God has a purposeful plan that he put in place before I was born. He's given me the Holy Spirit to give me the power to walk out my purpose every day, and he's with me, and it's for his glory. But how many of you know, and you may not know this, maybe you've never heard this, the same way that God has a good plan for your life, for you to walk in victory and for you to walk in a plan and a purpose, Paul is saying that the enemy has strategies, which means he has a plan for you too, how to make you fail, how to make you miserable, and how to make you miss the mark. God has a plan, but so does the enemy. And you know how he works out his plan? Through whispers. He says it. He says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You know what he's saying? If you're taking notes, he's saying every issue is a spiritual issue. Yeah. Every issue is a spiritual issue. Now, 
I know you're like, wait a minute, Pastor, you're telling me it's all the devil's fault? No, I'm, I'm not telling you it's all the devil's fault. What Paul is saying is our battle's not just against flesh and blood. It's not always against people. Our issue, come on, y'all got to hang our, our issue is not with people that doesn't look like us or doesn't act like us or is not the same color skin as us or doesn't have the same amount of money as we have. Our issue is not a political issue. It's not a Trump issue. It's not a Democrat issue. It's not a Republican issue. Your issue is not the person who lives next door to you. Your issue is not who you're married with. Yes, there are tensions there. Yes, there are challenges there. But what he's saying is that our real battle is the enemy is always looking for an opportunity to impose his hatred, to impose his bitterness, to get us to walk away from God's plan. He is involved in everything where we let him be involved. Every issue is a spiritual issue. So the tension in your home is partly spiritual. That issue with your kids is partly spiritual. That issue with your finances, I'm just telling you, is partly spiritual. Because the enemy, come on, say it, is always looking to whisper into our ear. He's a deceiver, a slanderer, a liar, and a tempter. And so we find it that this is exactly how he operates. But here's the question is, like, what's his deal? Why is he in my ear all the time? Like, don't you have some other people you can talk to? Can't you go find a new favorite target besides me? Why is he in our ear all the time? Why does he bother himself to be a whisperer to us? It's important you know this. Why is he bothered to whisper in your ear every moment, every day, every situation, every circumstance? Here's why. It's because God radically loves you. And the devil radically hates God. And because God is way too big for him to handle he comes after God's kids. Because, come on, everybody here that's got kids, you know how it is. Come on. Listen, the ump on the field, come on, some of you got four-year-olds playing t-ball. The ump can't bother you, but if that ump even messes with your kids, some of you will go to jail for your four-year-old. Why? It ain't bothering you, but you better get off my son, get off my daughter. So the enemy hates God, and he's trying to get to God through you. That's why he whispers. The enemy also knows that God's kingdom comes through believers, that God's presence is in us, God's power is in us, and we are called to transform the world we live in to be the light of the world, and so we can change relationships and change environments. We can bring hope to a hopeless world, and so the enemy doesn't want God's kingdom to come, so he whispers to you to stop the kingdom of coming through you. And again, he knows that you have a purpose and a plan on your life, and did you know when you walk out your purpose and your plan, you bring glory to God? And the whisperer, come on, is a glory hound. That's his big fall. He wanted all the props. He wanted all the celebration of heaven. And because he couldn't get it, he was booted out. But he still wants it. And he's kind of like some people that you and I know, if, if he can't have it, no one can have it. And so when we honor God, we bring glory to God. And if he can't have the glory, he don't want God to have it, so he wants to whisper to get us to walk in a way that dishonors the God we serve. Come on, everybody say whispers. So Genesis chapter 2, to know what God's going to, to know what the enemy's going to do, we can just look at what he's done, because he's got the same four cards. He keeps being a slanderer. He keeps being a liar. He keeps being a tempter. He keeps being a deceiver. All the way back in the beginning, Genesis chapter 2, God lays the foundation of the world. He creates everything, all the stars, the quasars, the planet, a perfect paradise, sets man in the middle, and he gives him simple boundaries. Check it out. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree 
of the knowledge of good and evil. Come on, read it with me. If you eat its fruit, you what? You're sure to die. Come on, everybody say you're sure to die. If you miss anything else I said, I want you to make sure you get this. That temptation is ultimately a trust issue. Temptation is ultimately a trust issue. When I say it's a trust issue, it's not whether you can control yourself. It's whether you can trust God is in control. See, we feel like temptation is trying to, I can't, I got to do it. I'm, I felt the temptation. Come on, the meal got me up in the middle of the night and I raided the refrigerator. I just couldn't fight it. No, it's, it's not whether you have self-control. It's whether you can trust that God is in control. Because if we believe God is in control, we don't have to take control and do things in our own strength. We can wait for a good God to make a good plan unfold in our lives. And so in the garden, God said, listen, if you trust me, don't eat that tree. If you trust me, follow me. And Adam and Eve had a decision. Are we going to trust that God is in control? Temptation is always a trust issue. We know some of us who maybe been in church for a while, we know how the story unfolds. If you're new here, you've not heard in a while, check it out. Right after the boundaries are set, Genesis chapter 3, the whisper. Come on, say it. The whisper shows up. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, check this out, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from the trees in the garden? And the woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you'll die. Verse 4, you won't die, the whisper replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. See, you've got to hear this. The enemy isn't trying to get you to disobey God. He's trying to get you to disbelieve God. It's not a, just a disobedience. Like, do we, do we trust God? Are we really in? And I want, here's what I want you to see, and here's why we're reading this. It's, here's the four whispers. They're the same four, same four that he keeps playing on all of us. First of all, he's a deceiver. Notice this. Notice what he says to Adam and Eve. He says, did God really say disbelief? Are you sure God said that? Are you sure God meant that? The second thing, he says this. He says, hey, we can eat it, but if we eat it, God said we're going to die. And what did, what, did, what did the whisper say? You won't die. He's a liar. And we have to choose in this world whether we will believe God or whether we will believe the enemy. We live in a world of gray tones. We live in a world of light and medium light and medium dark and gray and dark gray and almost black. I want everybody here. In a lot and many issues, we live in this world. There is a right and there is a wrong. There is a white and there is a black. And the enemy will do all he can to cloud it and make it gray and give us room to make the wrong decision. And this is exactly what happened. God said, listen, if you eat it, you're going to die. And the enemy said, no, uh-uh, it's all good, you won't die. Notice, he says, no, God knows your eyes will open. What is he saying? He's saying, it's slandering God's character. God's holding something back from you. One of the greatest things that all of us wrestle with is this, and we're going to see it again with Jesus, is this desire to want to take control in our li- of our life in an unhealthy way. Because, God, if I don't do it, I can't trust you to do it. God, if you don't make a way, i got to make a way myself because you're too late. You're not on time. You're not good, and you'll never do it. So, God, i got to do it myself. God, you're holding back from me. Some of you feel the weight to make decisions in your life. i, I got to make friends my own way because, God, you've not brought any friends in my life. God, i got to find a mate my own way because, God, you, you've obviously not provided one for me yet. Come on, that's a slander that God's not good. Come on, how many people here know that God is good, he's been good, and he's good all the time? I wish somebody would make some noise. Come on, Lawrenceburg. 
See, when, when you know God's good, there's no room for slander in your life. God knows, again, your eyes will be open. He says this, you'll be like God. What is he doing? He's tempting Adam and Eve to disobey. Here's the trick is the devil wasn't trying to make them immoral. He was trying to make them ineffective. The devil's not trying to make us bad. He's trying to make us dead. When I say not trying to make them immoral but trying to make them ineffective is because Adam and Eve were created for a relationship with God and a purpose from God to rule the earth. And what the enemy was trying to do wasn't trying to make them bad people. It was trying to strip them of their relationship with God and trying to strip them of their purpose. And I want everybody in this room to know the same thing. The enemy's trying to do the same thing. He's not trying to make you, he's not trying to make you bad. He's trying to make you barren. He's trying to make this life mean nothing and have no value. That we walk through this life miserable and broken and upset and discouraged. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full. And we will only find that when we do life his way. But it won't happen as long as we listen to the whispers. He's a liar. He's a slanderer. He's a deceiver. He is a tempter. Check this out. Jesus, he really faced kind of the same thing. He, again, if you want to know what he's going to do, look at what he's done. Same four cards he played on Adam and Eve. He plays on Jesus. Again, it's this idea, man, that whispers come. Not to make us Here's the deal, man. The enemy's not trying to make you wicked. He's trying to make you feel worthless. Because if you feel worthless, you'll feel like, I'm not good enough to live this life. I'm not good enough to have what other people have. I'm not good enough. And we start devaluing who God says we are. We start believing what the enemy says. See, here's what you need to know. Do you know God does everything through his word? God made the heavens and the earth through his word. In the beginning, God, come on, said, let there be light. God does everything by his word. Do you know the enemy does everything by his word too? Which means we have to choose what word we're going to listen to. It's the same battle. Come on, everybody here, everybody here remember like growing up, especially in elementary school and junior high, junior hires are from hell. <laughs> listen, if you're in junior high, you need Jesus. I was in junior high. Junior high people are some of the most brutal people on the planet. I, you know, in the movies where the people find, like, they go look up a list of numbers of people they impacted in their past in a negative way, and they want to call them and apologize. I have a list, and they're all from junior high. I need to look them up and say, I'm sorry. But remember, right, you would go to school, and someone would make fun of you for the clothes you had on or the way your nose looked or how your head was shaped, how big your ears were. You know, you got a C minus on your, how you were brutalized in school, wave at me. But then you would go home, and your mom would be like, don't you worry, baby. You're beautiful. You got a perfect head. You, no, you got a big head. But mom would come and say, no, your head's shaped. God knew what he was doing when he gave you that head. Come on. So you would have to decide, are you going to listen to the brutality of junior hires or are you going to listen to mama? The game is the same. You have to choose whether you're going to listen to the whispers of the enemy or you're going to listen to the word of God. I am who God says I am or I'm who the enemy says I am. It can't be both. And when we listen to the whispers, when we give in to the temptations, when we buy into the deceptions, when we listen to the lies, we give access to the enemy to our lives. And we miss our purpose and we're robbed of our relationship. And some of us in this room, listen, you've been hearing whispers, but you didn't know where they came from. Or you've been hearing whispers and you think it's just part of life and like it's true. Listen, I'm telling you, 
If it's devaluing you, if it's hurting you, if it's keeping you from getting closer to God, if the life you're living is closer to culture than it is God's word, then you are buying the lie in the whisper of the enemy. And at some day, at some point, we have to choose what voice we'll listen to, what whisper we'll lean into. So again, Jesus, he faces the same thing. I, I love it. Check this out. Matthew chapter 4. The devil's the same, the game, same game. This is, that's all he knows. Matthew chapter 4 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. I'm not sure that last piece of information is necessary. I think we all came to that conclusion. Like some of you haven't eaten for four hours and you're hungry. 40 days, 40 nights, nothing to eat, and he's hungry. Point. You are most vulnerable to whispers when you're vulnerable in life. If you are hurt, if you are discouraged, if you are hungry, if you are frustrated, you are more likely to listen to the whispers when they come your way. Satan came when he came because he knew Jesus was vulnerable having fasted 40 days and 40 nights. But watch this. During the time the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I know you're like, what's the big deal? I mean, Jesus, he's the son of God. He's all powerful. He can do anything. Can you imagine that being your superpower? Being able to turn piles of rock to Krispy Kreme donuts. People tell him, Pastor, you're going to be on TV one day. My 600-pound life. <laughs> Could you imagine walking down the road and you see a pile of rocks and Logan's Rolls with honey butter? Come on. Red lobster cheddar biscuits. Now. <laughs> if I was, listen, if this story is about me, I'd be like, I'm getting some. Satan, you want some too? What do you want? I'd have lost. This is not about bread. This is not about bread. He's trying to get Jesus to disbelieve the Father. It's the same temptation we all fall. Here's the temptation. God isn't good like he said he's good, and he's not going to have the life he said he has for you, so you have to go get it on your own. Which is why some of you settled to find a spouse in a bar rather than waiting for the good guy that God had for you. God, you, can't, you ain't coming through. I got to go get my own. The button I clicked in the beginning that I wanted to click, that the whisper was there to click, you know what that was about? God said, he's my provider. God, you're not coming through the way you said you would come through, so I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to compromise the deal. I'm going to fudge the bottom line. I'm going to go to the casino. I'm going to steal from cheap, cheap people. I'm going to lie. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get what I want for me because, God, you're not good, and you're not doing it the way you said. That is the lie of the enemy to get us to do life our way rather than God's way. Don't buy the lie. God has the right person at the right time in the right place for you. Listen, take your time and be patient and wait that God is good. Jesus hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. He's like, I can do this, but I'd rather trust the Father. Because you know why? God sent him to that moment. God knew right where he was at. God knew right what he was feeling. God, knew right, God knows right where you are right what your struggle is, right what you're feeling. And he has the right answer in the right time. But if you do things your way, you will hijack God's plan and you'll miss his purpose for your life. Matthew chapter four, watch it real quick. Same card, same game. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you're the son of God, jump off. 
I mean, how many people know Satan ain't getting me on the head of, I mean, this is like four or 500 feet up. Satan ain't getting me on a ladder. He can't, he has no sway right here. It's more than heights. He says, hey, jump off for the scriptures say, this is Satan now quoting scripture. He will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up for their hands, with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded to the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. You know what this temptation was? It was slander. Again, what is slander? Slander is God is not who he said he is. Here was the temptation. Hey, if you're really the son of God, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so jump off the temple because God's going to catch you. There's no way he's going to let his son crash against the rocks. Jump off and let God catch you. Now, that doesn't sound like anything any of us go through. Let me put it in a way that's in modern terms. It's where we live life our own way and we expect God just to come behind us and clean up our mess. Oh, y'all are way quiet. God, I'm just going to spend money the way I want. I'm going to do things my own way. And God, you just got to catch me. I'm going to jump off foolishly. I'm going to jump into this business deal. I'm going to jump into this relationship. I'm going to jump into this situation. And God, you're just going to have to catch me because after all, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. You love me, so you're not going to let me crash my life. Let me, hear, let me tell you all something. Listen, yes, God loves you. Yes, God has a plan for your life. Yes, he is our protector. But he is not bound to clean up our mess when we live foolishly. We are called to live according to his word, not the word of the enemy. So the temptation is, the temptation is, the temptation is not just to live life on your terms and your way, but trust God's plan and provision comes in his path. It came this past week. I mentioned to you all last week, so my wife and I, we're, we're getting ready to move, and so we bought another house, and, and my wife, she likes to shop. Come on, we got, we got shoppers in the house. I'm talking about shop till you drop. Y'all got to come on. Let's make some noise. We got some shop till you drop, people. That's my, you and my wife's people. And so she's going through and she's like, you know, we, we need a new, this is her voice, by the way. <laughs> it's how I hear it. <laughs> we, we need a new couch and we got to get that sectional and we got to get some chairs and we need bars. These bar stools don't match with our new house. And we got a bedroom suit. We got an extra bed. We got to fill. And, and all I'm hearing is ching, ching. And I was like, we can't, we're not doing that. And so, oh, I'm going to win this fight. Come on. If I'm not here next week, things went sideways. Find a new church. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're joking around, but she's, she's just trying to decide what we need for this house, right? So, and so I'm telling her what we don't need for this house. And so we're, we're trying to find bend and blend. That's what, that's what marital partners do. It's never 50-50. It's 100-100. you got to bend and blend your partner's way. you got to meet them where they are, not where you want them to be. And so we're trying to sort this thing out. And so ultimately, we just recognize some of the stuff we, we really need. It's not just want some stuff we need for this house. We're just not going to be able to afford as soon as we get in there. So we're talking about this. And it's funny because my wife, she goes out to the mail. She comes back. And anybody else here get like nine credit card applications every day? Like I have, whoever is in charge of that has destroyed the rainforest just to send me credit card applications. It's all me. And so it's funny, my wife, she held up. She said, look, the Lord answered prayer. We can get everything we need right here, baby. Just get this credit card. We can buy it all. Now, y'all, some of you have been here a while. You know, we don't own a credit card. We don't live by credit. We don't own credit cards. And so she was joking, but some of you, if you were in the same spot, you would be there. Because you would say, I need it, so I'm going to put it on credit. 
And I want you to watch how this plays out. Some of you are overwhelmed with credit. You didn't have what you thought you should have when you thought you should have it. So you ran down to the check to cash place, and now you have this debt load on you, and it keeps you up at night. You can't sleep because of how much money you owe somebody else. And now you're restless when you wake up and grumpy in the morning. So now you're fighting with your spouse because you don't have money, you have debt, you don't have rest. And now you got about to get a divorce because you can't stand the person you love because you are stressed out and worn out. And it all happened because you got ahead of God and wouldn't wait for God. It's not God's fault you got in debt and made your marriage a mess. Yes, God is good. Yes, God has grace, but we have to recognize I'm going to wait for God to provide what I need and not put it in my hands and make a mess of my life. God is good, and he'll do what he said when he said he'll do it, but we have to be patient and wait. Last one real quick. Next, the devil took him up on the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I'll give it all to you if you'll kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. The last one is you've got to choose who you're going to serve, and you can't serve. And I, no, one here, no one in this room would say, I serve the devil, but when you listen to the whisper, you're serving the source of the whisper. Come on, everybody say whisper. You're going to hear whispers this week. I'm going to hear whispers this week. You will hear whispers before you get out of this parking lot. You'll hear whispers this week at work. You'll hear whispers in school as classes get ready to start back. You'll hear whispers about your identity. You'll hear whispers about your marriage. You'll hear whispers about opportunities. And you have to decide, will I listen to the whisper? Will I disbelieve God? Will I disobey God? Will I discount God's word? Will I doubt who God is? We all hear whispers. For many of us, the mess we are currently in life, it's because we chose to believe a whisper. So he's been exposed. We know who he is. But what I want you to see is, again, the same way for Adam and Eve, it was true for Jesus. Ultimately, the devil was trying to make Jesus not immoral, but ineffective. Jesus came to be the Savior, and if he would have listened to the whispers, he would have missed his purpose in life. The devil's not trying to make you immoral. He's really trying to make you ineffective. That as you listen to the whispers, you'll miss your primary purpose on planet Earth while you're here. To make a difference, to bring God's kingdom, to bring God glory. Now I'll close with this, James 4, 7. Because we all hear the whispers, how do we... How do we overcome them? How do we deal with them? James tells us, I want every voice here. Lawrenceburg, come on, read this with me. Everybody online, if you're sitting in front of your computer, I want you to speak this out loud. So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's really great news. Some of you are still fighting because you never started resisting. Last note, write it down, tweet it. Post it, put it on Facebook, take a picture of it, drop it on Instagram, write it down and memorize it this week. Out of James 4, 7, you will never have victory over the whisper until you rest in your heavenly father and resist your spiritual foe. Until you rest in your heavenly father. God, I trust you. I'm not going to listen to the slander of the enemy and do things my way in my time. I trust you. 
I submit my life to you. I submit my relationships to you. I submit my money to you. I submit my attitude to you. I submit everything. I, I humble myself to God, and I resist the enemy. Until we rest in our Heavenly Father, until we resist our spiritual foe, you cannot overcome the whisper. How many of you in this room, how many of you in Lawrenceburg would say, I want to overcome the whisper? I wish I could tell you where the button was to turn it off, but there ain't one. You're going to live with the whisper. How many of you want to overcome the whisper and stop giving in and listening and surrendering your life to the whisperer? Come on, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, the whisperer is real. Satan is a real spiritual enemy. He is constantly whispering in every ear in this place, every ear in Lawrenceburg, every ear of person, people online. But I pray in Jesus' name that, Father, we will believe that you are who you say you are. Father, that your word is true. And, Father, we will rest in that. We will submit our lives to you. And when the whisperer comes, I pray, God, give us the strength and the fortitude not to listen. But, God, I pray, Lord, he would be exposed. I pray this week that many of you would begin to recognize that what you're hearing and what you're sensing and what you are believing is in the whisperer. It's in the voice of the enemy lying to you. And I pray that you would see it and discern it and know it. And then you would have the strength to resist it. So, Lord, help us to find rest in our Heavenly Father and to resist our spiritual foe. That we would not listen to the whisper of the enemy, but to the voice of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agree, come on, shout it, amen. Come on, can we give God praise in this place today? Hey, God bless you guys, man. We'll see you next week for the final week, week four of Gatbo. We'll see you all then.